Welcome to the jungle. A tremendous Monday to you. My name is Jim Rome. Hope you had a good weekend. Well, some of you had an amazing weekend. And some of you had maybe the worst weekend ever. And I'm here for all of it. All right, let me get you started. Telephone number is toll free. We are wide open. Kind of an old school day. On this Monday, Martin Luther King Day. Radio only. Casually dressed. Big cans over my head. Let's go ahead and do this. Telephone number is toll free. 1-800-636-8686. Call right now. Open phones in the first hour. 1-800-636-8686. There is so much we have to get to. And I probably shouldn't spend too much time setting it up because I've got a monster wild card whip around that I want to get to. I would tell you this. Top of hour number two, we go back to back. I've got back to back interviews. All the more reason for you to call right now. Jane Slater. Reporter for the NFL Network, all over the Cowboy Beat. Jane joins us at the top of the second hour. Mike Sando, right after that. Senior NFL writer for The Athletic. So we've got the NFL covered with them back-to-back. The Big Head. James Kelly and I do a short version of Big Head Bets. Interesting weekend, was it not? For The Big Head and myself. And I've got a theory as to why it went so well for me and so badly for him. And as to why it could have gone and should have gone perfectly for me and so badly for him. And then because of the weather, you've got the rare doubleheader today. But we already picked one of those games. Damn, Buffalo. That is a lot of snow. A lot of snow. All right, once again, one 636 8686 Hit me up on the X at Jim Rome. Email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at Habitate.com. First things first. Well, well, well. How about them Cowboys? I can't believe that I'm about to do this, but I'm actually going to start this wild card whip by going all Ryan in Sacktown on Cowboy Nation. Ho, 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 ho. Cowboys. Ho, 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 ho. Big Mike. Ho, 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 ho. Dak Prescott. Oh, Micah Parsons in that vaunted Cowboy defense. I thought this was the win the Super Bowl challenge, not the sissy challenge. This is the spicy challenge, not the sissy challenge. We have seen some epic Cowboy playoff collapses over the years. And that right there was not only another one, but maybe the biggest one ever. Even for the Cowboys, that was an utter catastrophe. A complete disaster. I mean, there have been some pretty horrific losses on some pretty big stages. But that right there, given the magnitude of that hospital job, that might have been their worst loss ever. The alleged Super Bowl contender with the alleged elite defense and the alleged MVP candidate QB had a home game, and a clear path to the NFC Championship. What could possibly go wrong other than everything under the sun? Big Mike's boys didn't just lose. They got their asses handed to them. They were humiliated, curb-stomped, and in no way prepared to handle the big stage. And it wasn't even that big of a stage. 
It was freaking wild card weekend at home where they were undefeated and were huge favorites. Yet, they lose the coin toss. They allow Green Bay to go right down the field. And then they never were actually in the game after that. I mean, so much blame to go around. So much blame to go around. But before I start blaming people, first, credit to the victors. Jordan Love was unbelievable. Matt LaFleur has done an incredible job this season. It was great to see Aaron Jones back doing what he does best, running all over Dallas. And it was just an incredible night for the pack. So credit where credit's due, full stop. For real. As for Dallas, where do I even begin? Oh, I know, with the big fella. Because that's the kind of ass-kicking that alters careers and legacies and not just big mics. Although, I will start there. There is no seat fat enough, hot enough for Big Mike right about now. Wherever Big Mike is right now, he needs to stop, drop, and roll because his ass is fully on fire. There's no way around it. Big Mike now has a big, fat problem. And Jarrah's got a big decision to make because his coach has one playoff win in four seasons in Dallas. One playoff win with multiple playoff disasters. And this one yesterday was an all-timer. There is no way to justify that. I mean, one thing to lose. It's a good Green Bay team. A confident Green Bay team. One thing to lose. And that still would have been really bad. But another to get fully curb stomped and humiliated in your own house. The Cowboys were not ready. They were not composed. They got straight punked by the youngest team in the league. They let a quarterback in his first playoff make their alleged league MVP and franchise quarterback look terrible. Jordan Love balled the hell out while Dak just did what Dak always seems to do in big games. So it's all fine and well that Dak endorses Big Mike Except Dak's endorsement of Big Mike, or anything at all for that matter, has never meant less. Has never been less significant. Because he just played another horrible playoff game. What, so you're going to act like I'm the face of the franchise? What I think matters? I back my coach? Great, Dak. Great, Dak. You've got the big boys back. My question, Dak, who has your back? Yeah, he's been amazing. Um... I don't know how there can be, but I understand the business. Uh, in, in that case, it should be about me as well, honestly. I mean, that, that guy, I've had the season that I've had because of him. Um, we, this team has had the success that they've had because of him. And uh, I understand it's about winning the Super Bowl. And, and that, that's the standard of the league and damn sure the standard of this place. So um, I get it, but add me to the list in that case. Oh, don't worry, dude. You're absolutely on that list. There are no buts about this. You're definitely on the list of things that the Cowboys need to improve to actually make a serious run at a Super Bowl. You're actually right near the top of the list. I'm not going to put it all on you, but dude, don't act like you're not a part of this. You're high on that list, just not quite as high as your head coach. I don't think that Dak's endorsement is going to say Big Mike, considering Dak has never looked as good in a game that matters as Jordan Love just looked in his very first playoff game. And damn, did Jordan Love look amazing in that playoff game. 
Dude was damn near perfect. He's out there looking like a top five quarterback in the NFL. He's out there once again looking like a legit Packer franchise QB. Dude was out there putting on a laser show. Clutch plays, slinging off platform throws, standing in, taking shots, making unbelievable throws, and making it look effortless. In other words, all the things that we're supposed to see from Dak in a big game, but never do. Jarrah has a lot to think about and multiple big decisions to make, so he better get to thinking. Because after that game yesterday, he essentially had no thoughts at all. I don't have any thoughts about the reasons why or anything to do with the coaching, anything to do about the players. I want to give uh, Green Bay a lot of uh, uh, compliments and uh, credit. Uh, And uh, uh, this is uh, one of my most surprises since I've been involved in sport, period. Quote, this is one of your most surprises? Most surprises. The hell does that even mean? Truth is, it's one of my least surprises, Jarrah. If it's one of your most surprises, it's definitely one of my least surprises. I mean, how surprising is it really, Jarrah, considering this is what your team does almost every single year? You know what would have actually been one of the most surprises? Most surprises. If your team actually showed up and played a great game and didn't completely collapse in catastrophic fashion, then that would have been one of the most surprises. If Big Mike coached a great game, and Dak actually played up to expectations, that would have been one of the most surprises. surprises. Listen, you know I'm never rooting for anybody to get fired. I'm just not. Nor am I ever looking to take food off anybody's table. Although I'm pretty sure Big Mike's got enough food on his table to last for a long, long time. And I'm pretty sure that he was hired, though, to win games like that. In fact, I know he was, right? Unless they're not about that. I said last week that losing this game would be a fireable offense. And I said that because it's true. However, losing that game the way they lost that game is an even more fireable offense. And I'll tell you another reason why. The GOAT. Bill the GOAT. Bill the GOAT. Is available. And supposedly Hoodman and Jarrah Atrick have a solid relationship. And if that's really the case, how does Jarrah not justify giving Belichick a call? Your head coach is not who you thought he was. Your quarterback is not who you thought he was. Your defense is not what you thought it was. Your D coordinator is not who you thought he was. Something drastic needs to change. And what could be more drastic than bringing in Bill Belichick? And staying with Big Mike, if you do that, right? If you say, uh, he's won a couple of divisional crowns. We win 12 games a year. He's won a playoff game. It, it ain't broke. If you stay with Big Mike, what does that tell your fan base? It tells your fan base you're fine with getting worked in the first round, in your house, by touchdown underdogs. Sticking with Big Mike tells your your fans you're fine with just winning the division and then gagging in the playoffs. 
Sticking with Big Mike is sticking with losing. It tells your fan base, hey, man, we're good. We're good every regular season. The playoffs are overrated. We don't really give a damn about that. I mean, come on. You want to know how big of a disaster the Cowboys are? So big that the Detroit Lions actually won a playoff game, and that's not even the biggest story in the NFL today. It's been 32 years since the city of Detroit has won a playoff game. And yet, the Dallas storyline is still bigger. But speaking of the D, yo, it did get sweaty as hell at the end there. Butts were definitely picked, puckered up in Big D. Made your butthole pucker up. And no, they didn't cover. But I don't think they give a damn about that part. I'm pretty sure Detroit just needed to see a playoff win, and they did. And they did so in person. And now, thanks to the choking Cowboys, they will get another game in that absolutely amazing atmosphere next week. And the man of the hour himself is definitely pumped about that, a.k.a. the Gofford Bowl Revenge Game winner, Jared Goff. This place is special to me, and like I just said, these people are special. Um, That's the best home atmosphere I've ever played in front of, Um, and I expect next week to be, you know, on top of that or second, you know, and uh, it's, it's a special place to play. How can you not be happy for that guy? I mean, good for that dude. We overuse that phrase, revenge games, but that really was a revenge game, a real revenge game. The Rams threw this dude out. They sent him to what they thought was football Siberia. Credit to the Lions, top to bottom. GM Brad Holmes has picked some incredible players, built an incredible roster. Dan Cannibal has brought amazing energy. And Goff has become a different kind of player. Statistically, maybe not. Statistically, he's actually pretty close to what he was with the Rams. However, that doesn't mean that he's not a different guy. And the rest of their young talent has stepped up huge. And they just beat a damn solid team. A really solid team. I mean, a surprisingly good year for the Rams. Tip your hat to the Rams. Acknowledge the Rams. Put some respect on the Rams. It was just a better year for the Lions, who now get to host a second home playoff game next week. And man, does that city deserve another game after their performance yesterday. Cowboy fan, get up in here. Lions fan, get up in here. 1-800-636-8686. I just interrupt the whip to remind you to get in here. I want to say the same thing for Chiefs fan, who showed up in ludicrously frigid conditions on Saturday night. Yeah, I wonder if the Dolphins have gotten any feeling back in their extremities yet. Fortunately for Miami, I don't believe that any players had any digits fall off Saturday night, like I predicted. I said there's going to be at least one toe or one finger or toes and fingers or a foot or feet or a leg. They were going to fall off in that frigid weather. It's not what happened. Nobody had any digits fall off. That's the good news. Bad news for Miami, the entire team had the wheels fall off. I know full well how miserable it is in Kansas City in the elements. I still have not recovered from my one experience in that KC cold. And it seems like it's going to take the Dolphins years to recover from this one too. Like I said Friday, 
the Chiefs might not be at their peak, but they still have Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes? Andrew Reed, and they still know how to win in the cold. They just know how to win in that house, period. And come to find out, they had heard all the hype. They had heard all the noise. They had heard everything about how they were not what they were. And then they want to remind everybody, all right, all right. Maybe we are, maybe we aren't. But we are still the defending champs. And you got to come through here. Miami, so, and they were comfortable there. That's where they live. That's what they do. Miami, on the other hand, could not have looked more out of place. They could not have looked more uncomfortable. They couldn't have looked more out of rhythm. We knew they had to run it. They had to run it to have any shot. But they couldn't get a run game going. They couldn't get a pass game going. Their head coach looked like his face was frozen and was going to shatter into a million pieces. Meanwhile, you got Andy Reid out there, essentially icicles forming in his stash. Couldn't care less. What I'm saying is the Chiefs look like the Chiefs and the Dolphins looked really, really cold. Or like a really cold version of the same Dolphins team that backed their way into the playoffs. And it didn't have to be like this, right? If they handled their business, they would have been at home in 80-degree weather. Except that was no one-off. The thing about the Dolphins and the very obvious storyline, they did not play well coming down the stretch. They haven't played well in weeks. And frankly, they never play well against teams that matter. Like, every rap against them is true, unfortunately. They beat up on average to poor teams, and then they get worked when they play up against good teams. It's played out like that time and time again. This is not a theory, it's reality. Yes, they were banged up, but that's not why they lost. That's another team that has to do some serious soul-searching. Yes, they're better. Hell, they're infinitely more entertaining under Mike McDaniel. But as currently constructed, they're not a Super Bowl contender. They're just not. Not when they get their jaw broken every time they run into somebody who actually is a contender. Remember, Mike McDaniel called Father Time a penis last week. This place is special to me. Father Time's a dick. You know? Thanks, Alvin. This place is special to you, too, I'm sure. Mike <laughs> Mike McDaniel did call Father Time a penis last week. Go ahead, Alvin. Father Time's a dick. Thank you. You know? Well, if Father Time is a penis, Mother Nature isn't much nicer. But the strongest force of nature in these playoffs is not Father Time being a penis. It's not Mother Nature not being much nicer. The strongest force of nature in these here playoffs is karma. Jungle karma. As in jungle karma. Just ask the Texans. I've got a lot more on the Texans. But what a beatdown of the Browns in Houston. 38-year-old Joe Flacco was a great, great story until he remembered he's 38-year-old Joe Flacco. I will. I'm going to. It's just not his time. Thanks, Alvin. That was well played. It's just not his time, obviously. It's C.J. Stroud's time. It's C.J. Stroud's world. We're all just living in it. 
This dude is an absolute stud. His head coach had an amazing game plan. His offensive coordinator called a brilliant game. That team is just ridiculously exciting right now. As I put on the X, that is a jungle team for the ages. And if we're being real, it is Texas's team. Lose me with this bullcrap about the Cowboys being America's team. They're not even Texas's team. There is most definitely a team in Texas with a quarterback and a head coach and a vibe to get excited about. Except they play in Houston, not Dallas. And a big shout out to my dude, Nick Casario. What an unbelievable job he has done of building this thing. And he's not done yet. He's not done. They're not done. And they are built to freaking last. Amazing story. Hit me up. 1-800-636-8686. Let me get some quick reaction in here. Jim, just like 2011, Green Bay flying under the radar as a wild card. Not just here. They're here to take over. Dripping with talent. LaFleur pulling all the right strings. And another hot young gun under center. The rest of the league is on notice. Dismiss or underestimate them at your own peril. This team can beat anyone. Robin Green Bay. It's going to get really interesting this week, right? Hey, man, they're no joke. They're no joke. Jordan Love is incredible. Chris in Milwaukee. Dear Jera, those weren't wedding bells that you heard when you hired McCarthy. Those were boxing knockout bells. Regards, Packer fan. Ed Romy's my homie. Mr. James Rome, another year, another paper tiger in Dallas. As a great, iconic individual once said, the Cowboys are a complete crap. It's a complete crap. Sign the NFL. That was incredible to watch, honestly. I'm not surprised they lost, but that was incredible to watch. Them down 27 nothing. Green Bay being everything that Dallas was supposed to be. And don't be misled by that final score. That was a complete ass-kicking. A nice, swift ass-kicking. Romeo. Insert ass Prescott's idiotic. Here we go! Yeah, I'm not going to read who that who sent that V. Stop doing that V. It did, did get pretty old, didn't it? Early in the game. Much less by the end of the game. Here we go! Where are you going, Dak? Where are you going? Here we go! To the golf course, to Cabo, or wherever the hell you go when you get embarrassed in the wild card round. Here we go! Where, where are you going, bro? Not to the next round. Certainly not to the NFC Championship game, which we were all led to believe was going to be the easiest path ever. I'll be honest with you. You know what my concern was? My concern was because Philly took a gigantic dump in their pants and this thing opened wide-ass open for Dallas that they had such a clean path to the NFC Championship game 
Every Dallas honk would be like, told you so, told you so, told you so. This is our year. Look at what we did. What did you really do? And that would have been if they did get to the title game only to get hammered. But still didn't get out of the wild card round. My man, I think you might want to change up that vernacular from here we go to something else. Anything else. Here we go to a break. Hit me up. 1-800-636-8686. Gas, groceries, utilities, you name it. The price of everything is going up. And if you are stuck in a bad timeshare with rising maintenance fees, the financial burden can be crushing. It is time to get your finances in order and get the real facts about that timeshare that you're stuck in because you might not be. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has been helping families out of horrible timeshares for over 10 years. He has put together a complete timeshare exit information kit that he will send you absolutely free. To date, over 30,000 families have trusted Wesley Financial Group to help them out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares. They might be able to help you too. To get the facts about how the timeshare industry works and your options for cancellation, simply call Wesley right now for your free timeshare exit kit. See how you can become timeshare free. Call 800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. So I encourage you to get up in here. So let's go ahead and bank some telephone calls. It is a short segment, but I want to get you going. Phone line is open still. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Dallas. I respect that. Cowboy fan, you got to get up in here. You got to talk about this no matter how much it hurts. You have to. What's the alternative? You going to pretend it didn't happen? Put it this way, Cowboy fan. We're going to talk about it with or without you. So you might as well come in here and talk about it. So I'm going to start right there. Mike in Dallas. Great to have you, Mike. How are you? Hey, Rome. I'm good. Listen, man, it's been almost two decades since I called in. I got racked. I had to take. And you know what? I wanted to go out on top. But here I am again because now I'm in Dallas, formerly of Boise. And I'm going to tell you this right here. The fish rots from the Jarrah down. We stuck a veggie meter in the offense yesterday. Guess what it said? Ass. We put it in the defense. It said ass. The veggie meter went to the coaching. Same thing. Guess what, Rome? Ass. Ownership. Ass. I'm so sick of it. Here we go. You know what Prescott needs to say? Bohica, Cowboy fan. That's, as soon as they shoved that ball down our throat, Aaron Jones on that first drive, the only thing I could think about the whole damn time was Bohica. Bend over. Here it comes again. And guess what? You know what's worse about this? My cousin Fat Travis who's a Raider guy out of Las Vegas and doesn't have the stones to call in and talk to you, he's going to give it to me for an entire year. And you know what? I deserve it. I deserve it, Rome. Hey, appreciate the time. Warrior collab with Jordan Montgomery. That's my main man. Did some private coaching with him. War Cowboys ownership firing themselves and getting something new. I'm sick of it. Thanks for the time, Rome. Peace out. My man, Rakim. I love that. That is awesome. Check him out. Mike in Dallas saying, I haven't called you in a couple of decades because I want to go out on top. I want to walk it off. Hey, my man, good news is you got racked again. You can still walk it off. You can still go out on top. 
He got racked two decades apart. Even with the Jordan Montgomery name drop. I love that. Listen, things have to change in Dallas, but we know one thing that's not going to change. The one thing he just said had to change. Jarrah. Unless Jarrah's going into the ground, that's not changing. Everything else is fair game. And don't get me wrong. It should change. But you can't change the owner. He's not selling. And nor is he giving up any of his control, authority, autonomy, spotlight. Done. That's not changing. But there better be change. Not only is he not going to sell that team, he's still going to pick that team. I'm here to say, you can't lose that game and not have grave consequences. There has to be change. And I'm not here to hot take anybody or get anybody fired. But you cannot lose that game the way they lost that game at home in the wild card round when this was allegedly their year with their alleged MVP quarterback and their alleged great coach and their alleged unbelievable defense and hot prospect D coordinator. I mean, it was all set up. It was all set up because Philadelphia took a big dump in their pants and they still couldn't capitalize. And worst of all, they just weren't ready. They weren't disciplined. They weren't poised. They weren't composed. They looked like they'd never been there before. And Green Bay was the opposite of all that. Could not have gone any worse. Good phone call, though. Really good phone call. Detroit, get up in here. I want to know what it was like. Normally... I don't get as much as this, but back in the day, I would get a lot of phone calls where somebody would start off by saying, hey, uh, Rome, I was at the game last night, as if that would somehow establish some sort of credibility with that caller, and then inevitably the call would suck. But I was at the game last night, Rome. This is the one time I want to hear from people that were at the game last night, because that atmosphere was so insane and so electric. Also, don't forget, Monday is an ATP day. Ask the Pros. Brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You want to go to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros. Submit a question there. Listen later on, and I might answer yours. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. I've got Jane Slater at the top of hour number two. Porter for the NFL Network. She, of course, is on that cowboy beat. Get the latest from her. Mike Sando, senior NFL writer for The Athletic at 10.20 Pacific time. James Kelly and I, Big Head Bets, top of hour number three. I'm looking for Packer fans. I'm looking for Lion fans. I'm looking for Cowboy fans. You know I'm looking for Texans fans. Anybody. Anybody who had anything to do with this. Bills fans. How about a weather update? How about somebody set the scene for me? I saw some of the video from a couple hours earlier. Damn, that's a lot of snow. You know what? I'd love to hear from a Chiefs fan that was in attendance for that game. Because I've told that story a million times about how wrong and how cold I was. I want to know how much worse it was this past weekend. What was it like in that building? I saw how miserable Miami looked. Chiefs fan, even even though your offense came around and you started to look like yourselves once again... Were you, in fact, miserable? What was it like in that building? 
In other words, anybody who had anything to do with anything this weekend should call the show. Time now for a sports update. Here it is. Here's Andrew Bogish. From Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> this makes me laugh. Welcome back. At Caleb Hammis <laughs> writes, whatever happened to talking about Atrick Jones and Cheeseburger Mike for the entire three-hour show if they lost? I know there's other good storylines, but... I just want to hold you to your promise from the show last Friday. I did say that. I did say if Dallas lost to Green Bay at home, I would devote the entire program to that topic and that topic alone. Well, I'll say this. We are two for the first two segments on the Cowboys so far. I guess probably what would have been more accurate and more realistic and probably I did overpromise. But I'll tell you what, I bet that I could talk about them in every single segment of this show. Maybe not as an exclusive topic without any other topics. I probably should not have promised that. In fact, I'm sorry I promised that. I'll own that. That was not responsible. There are too many other things going on that deserve our attention. However, if it'll make you feel better, I can all but promise that I'll talk about them or mention them at least in every single segment. Of this show. They certainly earned that with that performance. Good luck looking in the toilet and flushing that one. All right, back to the phones. And you know the phone number. Let's go to Richmond. Daryl in Richmond. Great to have you, Daryl. What's going on? Hey, Jim. How you doing, man? First time calling. Well, love your show. Appreciate man, you, I dude. I'm so hurt by them Cowboys, man. Jerry just, he needs to just get it up. He really do. So how long have you been a Cowboy fan, Daryl? Over 30 years, since 1976. All right, so you've seen it all. Where do you rank that loss? The worst. Number one. Hands down, number one. Worst loss. I'm talking about, is this not only the worst loss in Cowboy history, it's probably one of the worst upset in NFL history. It's a bad loss. It's a, it's a really embarrassing loss. Now, I feel you, Daryl. Appreciate that. He's just saying, hey, man, I'm a diehard Cowboy fan. I have been since the 70s. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. That was not only the worst loss that I've ever seen as a Cowboy fan. That was one of the worst losses in NFL history. I'm not going to go that far. But I will definitely say it's one of your worst losses. And the Cowboys have had a lot of bad losses. They're known as much for their bad losses as they are their Super Bowl wins at this point. So what's changing? Nothing. Nothing. And notice the one common thread. Jarrah. Let me tell you something about Jarrah. Jarrah's good at some things. Jarrah's kind of like, well, I'll tell you what he's good at. He's good at being a con man. He's good at making money. What do you mean? He's good at selling things. He's good at knowing where the camera and the microphone are. But he put his cards on the table when he ran Jimma out of town. And you know what? Nothing ever changed. 
he made it very clear to the world what he was about when he ran Jim off because they had a dynasty and that thing was not broken. And he made it very clear, hey man, this this town, this state, hell, this facility certainly is not big enough for the two of us. I'm not sharing credit. I want all the credit. I want all eyes on me. I'm a football man. Just like you're a football man, Jimma. And anybody can win. He said it. Any one of 500 coaches could win. And sure enough, my guy Barry Switzer went out and won. As if to prove Geriatric's point. But he made it very clear. It was not about winning. Winning was not the main thing. He was the main thing. Or he would have never, ever run off Jimma, who was a genius. And then you know what? It never changed, did it? It never changed. He had that one brief chapter where he let Bill Parcells in, which looking back on to me is so surreal. Like, how did that ever happen? Hey, Jarrah, show the world that you're about winning. Prove to the world that you're about winning. If you're truly about winning, Mike McCarthy would not be your head coach. And nobody really cares, frankly, that he got 12 wins, and he got 12 wins, and he won a divisional title. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, you're supposed to be about winning chips, straps, Lombardis, the whole thing. But you haven't since you ran Jim off. So clearly you're not about that. And not making changes, significant changes now, is telling your fan base, we're not about that. We're cool. We were, hey, we won the division. We're all good. We hosted a playoff game. We're all good. That's the message you're sending your players and your fan base if you do not make changes. And I'm not here for blood. I'm not a Cowboy fan. I don't care. I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm not looking to get anybody fired. Rub that dog's face in I'm not looking to take any food off anybody's plate, much less Big Mike's. But there's something seriously wrong there. Seriously wrong there. Let's go to Detroit. Sorry, we're going to talk about something other than the Cowboys. Let's go to the D. Tommy in Detroit. What's going on, Tommy? How are you? Hey, Romes. I'm great. Thank you. Yeah, you know what? It's been a long time coming. You know what? Uh, You can tell your listeners, this is the Lions' first playoff victory in 32 years. We haven't won a playoff game since January 5th, 1992. I mean, that's like uh, unbelievable, you know, and this town has been starving. And um, we got it going on now. And uh, watch out, the Lions. You know, this game against the Rams was dangerous. I like if I was a betting man, I would have bet the Rams all day long, plus those points, and you would have cashed your ticket. But the Lions won. And we're moving on. And I got to say, Romy, what about the – when is Roger Goodell going to, you know, make these officials full-times? Because what about that encroachment call? Seven minutes ago in the game, the Lions had the ball. Fourth and five, they were obviously trying to draw the Rams off sides, and they did. It was a perfect play. It was – the Rams jumped off, and they called it on Taylor Decker from the Lions, the same guy that caught the pass against the Cowboys – that would have won the game that said, oh, no, he wasn't the one that re- that um, reported eligible. It's like, what is it with the officiating? And especially, you know what? We overcame it. Years past, the Lions would have lost that game. 
Now they won that game. That's all I got to say, Romy. Go Lions, baby. Oh, man, Tommy. You know what's so funny about that? Until he got to the good, legitimate point about the officiating, he almost recited my take word for word. I was going to say, dude, that's an incredible take. I thought so when I heard it come out of my mouth. But then he got to a fair point about the ref show. It's true. He said, quote, what is it about the officiating, Rome? I think I can handle that question. It sucks. Hey, Rome, you're a hypocrite. Aren't you the one who always says that saying something sucks is not a take? Yes. But the officiating does. Lions fan, can you imagine if you lost the game and that call had everything to do with it? Man, I'm telling you, I can't even begin to imagine what the city of D would be like right now. But it doesn't matter. You won. You survive. You win. You advance. I even forgive you for not covering. Where I would have been a genius. And the big head, a dumbass. Actually, we are both those things. Even after a 3-1 and one weekend. Or 1-3, and three, depending on your point of view. Dumbass. Man, that scene, I... I reposted it on the X. That scene in the locker room after that Lions win was so incredible. It was awesome. He laid out, hey, Rome, you should tell your listeners that it's been 32 years since we won a playoff game. My man, I think I did. (laughs) I think I did. I'm pretty positive I did, but I will reiterate it. It's been 32 years since the Lions won a playoff game. Detroit Lion fan, get up in here. How does it feel? How many years have you dreamt of this moment? What's it feel like? And you did it at home. And America saw it. And you get another home game. Incredibly enough. You get to run it back again, potentially. When we come back, Jane Slater, reporter for the NFL Network, joins us. We will get the latest from Dallas. She's all over it. Mike Sando, right after that. James Kelly and I, top of our three. You should keep calling. There are windows. There are lanes. You can get through. You can get on the air. Keep coming. Keep coming.